Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And joining us now with some big breaking news is John Solomon with Just the News. John, uh, you are making lots of headlines about this early interference on the Hunter Biden case. Talk about it. Yeah, listen, remember what Merrick Garland staked out. I never interfered in this. We didn't meddle. We didn't put our hands or fingers on this. There was no dirty finger in the drink stirring it. Justice Department had nothing to do with the Hunter Biden criminal case. Well, over the last four months, we've learned a lot of things. One of them is the Biden-appointed U.S. attorneys in Washington and L.A. rejected charges, keeping Hunter Biden from a more serious felony case. Then we learned that there was uh, contact with the deputy attorney general during, or at least the office of the deputy attorney general during the negotiations that gave Hunter Biden that plea deal that ultimately got rejected. And then we found out that there was regular supervision and interference from the tax office division of the main Biden Justice Department. But now we know from the moment Joe Biden got into the White House that the Justice Department was intruding on the case. 16 days after President Biden took the oath of office, his new political appointees at the Justice Department asked the Delaware U.S. attorney, who was supposed to be independent on this matter, for an update on the on the case. They wanted a full briefing, what was going on. And the agents who were involved in it became suspicious because some of the people who were asking to attend had nothing to do with the case. For instance, there was somebody from the National Security Division of the Justice Department. This was a tax case. National Security Division doesn't deal with taxes. They were very suspicious why the National Security Division was asking to be in on this briefing. And the suspicions about the National Security Division are somewhat founded, at least for Republicans, why that was the office that filed some of the bad FISA warrants during the Russia collusion case that misled the FISA court. And more recently, it was the office that uh, decided, that made the momentous decision that they were going to raid Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago uh, a state rather than do a cooperative search of the property like they did for Joe Biden. So, so wait, John, so what you're saying is 16 days after Biden takes office, suddenly yeah. DOJ is demanding information. That is stunning when they've said they've been hands off. They, it is. It's clearly one of the many contradictions and including the fact that, remember, the attorney general said, oh, the U.S. attorney with Delaware, he could have brought charges anywhere. And then we had to he had to reverse and say, oh, I got to admit, Los Angeles and uh, Washington didn't want to partner with him, and so we didn't bring the charges there. So uh, the attorney general's story continues to go in tatters. This is something that Senator Chuck Grassley and House Judiciary Committee Chairman uh, Jim Jordan have really focused on. There are some real questions about the credibility of the department today. John Solomon, uh, is Garland, Attorney General Garland, has he crossed the line? We'll see, right? Uh, one question is, was he in the know? Or did he know about these meetings? Or did he at least try to find out about them? Or was he misled by his staff? That's always a possibility. But I can tell you this, his credibility with the Republicans on the Senate and House Judiciary Committee is in tatters. They simply don't trust his explanations and some of his leadership. They've doubted since the day that he authorized the FBI to investigate parents who were simply protesting 
at school boards. Remember that memo treated them as domestic terrorists. Later, the attorney general withdrew that and said it was a mistake. But the relationship between Congress and the attorney general is not that strong right now. And these new revelations are certain to add to that dynamic. So for, for all intensive purposes, because of what's happened in the speaker, with the speaker, uh, everything mm-hmm. is at a standstill, standstill? It is. For the next few weeks, there can't be subpoenas, or at least for the next week, there can't be subpoenas because there's no chair uh, occupied by the speaker. So therefore, subpoenas under the congressional rules can't be issued. So, yeah, the Hunter Biden investigation will slow down, at least on the subpoena front. Now, uh, investigators every day are uh, making inquiries and digging in and learning. So some good work is going on, including interviews and documents that they're reviewing. But the uh, the most powerful tool they have, subpoenas, on hold at least until next Wednesday when the first vote for the new speaker is supposed to be hold, held. Have you heard the rumors going around Washington that uh, uh, the speaker, uh, Kevin McCarthy, had a handshake deal that uh, since he's going to break with his extreme right uh, people, uh, that uh, he's going to be backed up by Pelosi and, and, and backed up by uh, 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 Hakeem Jeffries? Uh, and uh, for his speakership. And that's why Pelosi got got fired five minutes later. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that's true. At least from my reporting, uh, McCarthy's office was telling me from the beginning they did not expect Democrats to support him. They kind of knew that they were going to go along with the eight or nine rebels that that McCarthy was counting to vote against him. Uh, There's also been talk of a secret deal on Ukraine. It's actually not that secret. Uh, when uh, Kevin McCarthy took it out of the defense bill, because that's what the eight rebels wanted, he said, hey, we're going to bring it up for a separate vote. So it was very public. There were no secret handshakes. There's, there was a lot of subterfuge going on well, in the why final Why did moments. Nancy Pelosi get, get, get uh, knocked out five minutes later? Because Kevin McCarthy is going to get that space. I guess he needed office space now that he wasn't going to be speaker, so he kicked him out. And uh, it's funny that he'll be occupying that space, according to the reports today. I think that's the most likely scenario um, uh, for it. But uh, I, as far as deals, I my understanding from the Democrats and from um, uh, Kevin McCarthy's office was that neither one thought that the Democrats were going to vote for McCarthy. I mean, maybe at some point he would have loved that to happen, but it just wasn't in the cards for the Democrats. Having this disarray is a good thing because it keeps people from talking about the border, the economy, in rising inflation, rising interest rates, uh, and rising crime. And so the distraction is welcomed by the Democrats and no one I talked to before, during, or after thought the Democrats were going to cross over and support him. Wow, very interesting. Uh, John Solomon, we love you. Thank you so much um, for being here on Cats and Cosby. You always have some great stuff. Thank you. Great to be with you.